Thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. One of the things we do on this podcast is highlight dreams and visions. And many of those have been from Dana Coverstone. Now Dana Coverstone has a new dream we're going to highlight today. It's called the Fire Tower Dream. In part one of our podcast today, Dana Coverstone is going to cover this dream. And then in part two of our podcast, he's going to give us his interpretation of this dream which he's very passionate about. So here now is Dana Coverstone and his new Fire Tower Dream. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Appreciate those of you that are stopping by and appreciate you listening. Um, This is a dream called the Fire Tower Dream, and I've had it between March 22nd, April 13th. This literally went on for about four weeks. It started the day, the, the week before my mother passed away and ended uh, just this last week on Wednesday. Uh, it was the same dream for three weeks, and then finally things began to shift from it. And uh, more than anything, I, I don't share dreams just so people will like them. I'm sharing dreams so people can realize, I believe, what God's trying to say to us, trying to wake the church up, trying to get us to the place that we need to be. So that's what this is all about. I continue to have people say, you're just doing this to, to make money or to, to get famous or whatever. I don't ask for money. Uh, I could care less about fame right now, and I've not left my church of 80 people uh, in the last two years, although I've had over 100 offers, because this is where God's got me. I believe that all of us, you and I, those of you that are watching, that we are all watchmen. And if we know the Lord's coming back, and we don't say what we see, the blood will be in our hands. That's what the Word says. It makes it very clear about the response of the watchman. So uh, all of us, not just me, not just you, all of us that know he's coming back, all of us have a heart and a passion for the loss. We need to be recognizing the fact that we're watchmen. So I'm going to share the dream and then share some of the insights that I have from it and go from there, okay? As the dream began, I was standing about 100 feet above the ground at the very top of a fire tower. And I could see in all directions and I could clearly see random fires all around me on the ground below. There were no buildings, no homes, no business. It was just forests and fields and lots of green cover below. Uh, no mountains, no valleys, just flat ground, and a lot. And there were a lot of people out there. The fires were been, being driven by very strong winds that I could even feel on the top of that tower as I looked down. And I was yelling as loud as I could at people who were just wandering below and walking towards those fire areas. They were walking towards the area where I saw the fires. I had no bullhorn, no microphone, no sound system, and I could tell that my voice was strained from yelling. I was telling people to walk in a direction away from the fires and was saying north and south or east or west. And I was saying, hey, go to your left, go to your left. Hey, you in the the blue baseball cap. Hey, you in the yellow jacket. You need to go left. There's fire ahead. But even though I gave them clear directions, nobody was listening. 
I kept screaming and I was screaming very, very loud. I could, I could feel the raspiness in my voice almost getting hoarse. I was screaming, I was clapping my hands, um, trying to get their attention. I even had a piece of wood. I was beating it on the metal, the metal frame in front of me where I stood looking out at the ground. I was beating a piece of wood against that, trying to make noise, doing anything I could to get the attention of those on the on the floor of the canopy below me. But nonetheless, nobody listened. No, no one was listening. I kept yelling at a group of people that finally looked up at me and said to stop yelling at them. And I kept saying, I'm trying to save your life, so don't keep going the direction you're going, or you're going to end up in the fire. And they just looked up, and, or they just kind of looked back down and kept going. Suddenly, as after this, this group of people responded to me, what appeared to be a group of soldiers came out of the forest, and they were armed with weapons, but they were all wearing green camo. That's like, like the kind of camouflage you go hunting in. and reminded me of the 70s and 80s, the early style of camouflage. That was, it looked kind of cheap, kind of cheesy. It wasn't professional. It wasn't military grade by any means. And these people started yelling, telling the people to ignore my yelling as there were no fires in the area at all. I could tell they were not truly soldiers, but could not tell what they were, what they were affiliated with, but they had military equipment and obviously had background in it. The pretend soldiers then started yelling at me to stop harassing people. As they did this, some of the younger ones in the people crowd began throwing rocks at the tower that I was on and yelling at me to stop screaming at them. I then yelled that they were walking towards the fire and they were at risk of dying. At this time, one of the soldiers started shooting at the bottom of the platform that I was standing on. And he yelled to the crowd that there was no fire. They should just continue on in the direction they'd been going. When I yelled that they were lying and that I could see the fire ahead of them, they shot the bottom of the air that I was standing on again. They didn't pay any attention to me after that. The people continued walking towards the fire like they were blind. But one young teenager began wiping his arms, kind of like, oh, he could feel the heat coming. He said he was getting hot. Maybe they should listen to the guy in the tower. One large adult came to the teen and pushed him very hard, so the kid sprawled out on the ground. He told the teen, shut up or you're not coming with us. And the teen watched the the crowd go, and he did not get up up off the ground. Within seconds, the people in the crowd that were walking towards the fire burst into flames, and they were screaming in agony and pain and they were running back towards the young man they were begging him to put the fire out but he ran from them in the opposite direction and didn't even try to help them seeing the young man run away began telling him to head to his left for about 50 feet and to wait for a fire break soldiers began yelling for that kid to head back the way he'd come but he refused and he kept running ducking every few feet as they were firing at him after he got away the soldiers began circling the fire tower and they grabbed large sticks and they set the ends on fire like torches. But the tower was made of steel and it would not burn. One of them whistled very loudly and I heard large trucks coming through the canopy. And there were two 18-wheelers coming slowly up to the two corners of the tower. They had open trailers that were full of metal and gasoline that you could smell the gas coming off. It was just pieces of metal in a pool of gasoline. Like in the back of a semi-trailer with the top cut off. At this moment, I prayed and asked God for help, and I looked out across the sky. It was then that I saw not hundreds, but thousands of the tops of other fire towers all around me. And there were people, there were people, men and women in those towers, and they were all yelling at people below them about being safe and avoiding the fire. But they were also dealing with the trucks that were coming towards their towers. Each truck backed up a little bit trying to get speed to hit the towers as well. 
So all of a sudden we hear this truck start revving up. They're revving their engines. And a soldier that held a lit flare ready to throw it, he threw it in the back of the trailer and those trucks exploded in flame. And this happened all over around me as I saw literally thousands of fire towers. That same precise moment, all of us on the towers, the men, the women, myself, we made a fist. We put our hands straight up in the air and we yelled as loud as we could until he comes. Until he comes. And now those trucks, their brethren engines, the, the fire, the, the, they're, they're, they're on fire in the back. They're on fire, so to speak. And each of us in the towers went, to the, went, went back to yelling at people. Those trucks are revving their engines, but we're yelling at people to watch what's going on. And the soldiers shouted back to us. They were telling the people, there's no fire, they're lying. And those soldiers shouted back and said, and now we bring the fire to you. And there were explosions all over the area as they moved those trucks towards, as approaching as quickly as they could. And those of us on the tower, we put our arms around the metal in front of us and we just held on. But we kept yelling while we hold on, held on to the tower. We kept yelling at people below us to not run towards the fire, to go left, to go right, to go north, to go south. And when the trucks hit those towers all around me, there was a sonic boom. And the towers shook very, very high, very, very badly, but they did not go down. And they backed up as we continued to yell at the people in our area of influence. And then they came speeding forward again to hit the tower, the feet of the tower. And this time, the towers moved more than before, and the ground around it caught fire as well as the trailers tipped over, and they wedged the trucks against the tower feet. And those in the towers, we kept yelling down at people, and now we're yelling at the drivers of the trucks who were trapped, telling them to get out. The fire was spreading around them. Several of those trucks I could hear explode. One exploded at my feet, and it killed the driver inside. But one of those drivers was trying to, to get his way, and I kept yelling, go to your right, go to your right, go, jump off the truck, jump off the truck and go right. He looked back and he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But they still not did, did not listen to us about where they were running, and they ran into the fire as well, so they ended up getting killed. Those of us in the tower, we warned some of those that were bursting in flames right when they hit. They, it seemed like an invisible wall of fire they could not see, but we could. Some did, some did get very warm and turned back. Some felt the heat, but they seemed confused, and they kept going forward until they too burst into flames. A few thanked those of us up on the tower with tears in their hearts and tears in their eyes, and they ran to safety. And those on the towers kept warning others and screaming. Some of us were hoarse from yelling so loud, and some were so weary and tired, we simply whispered because that was all that we could do from all the yelling we were doing to try to get people to realize how dangerous it was. And suddenly... The noise, the fire, the flames, the explosions, all the yelling, it just stopped. Everything got brutally silent. And the clouds got very white in front of us, right in front of our eyes. And it got very, very transparent. And everything lit up like lightning and flashed and did not go out. I then heard the voice of the man that I see so often in dreams. And he spoke out of that cloud and he said this, keep warning the church. And then he said it again, only louder, keep warning the church. And then he said it one more time, even louder, keep warning the church. And in that instant, that lightness, that light disappeared and the darkness returned. And I saw the fire on the canopy below me. I saw that all the other people in the tower started yelling again at those below, even while the towers on which they stood were being attacked and moving. 
so we just kept doing what we were doing and we warned the church with even greater intensity we'll be right back with more after this message Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's The Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. We return now to part two of our podcast with Dana Coverstone and his interpretation of the Fire Tower dream. A couple of things that stand out with me to this dream. First of all, fire towers are there to help rangers see where the fires are coming from and the direction they're going. And in that sense, fire rangers, or the, those, those rangers can then give warnings to the city, the community, the area, the nation, that part of the world that they're in, help direct people to safety and estimate the danger levels in all directions. In other words, the fire towers give people clear and full vision of what's coming, what's going on, and the things that are coming their way. And the fire that we see, the fire was the consequences of sin. And not just hell, because hell is an eternal consequence of sin. But the Bible says the wages of sin are death. And if we continue to live lives that are full of sin, we're not repentant, we're not turning from our sins, then God's going to allow the consequences of those sins to hit us very, very 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 hard there were no buildings there were no uh businesses this was all about the spiritual warnings about neglecting the word and the call of god to live right this was about people and this was specifically about the church when the warning came warn the church warn the people in the church keep on the church keep on the church this was about people in the church world who are not listening and who are headed towards hell and will not listen to what the word of god says it was about all the people that was the focus the winds were very strong, and th that means it was causing the voice of the Holy Spirit to not be heard. These were noise. These were distractions. These were the, the things that we start getting ourselves involved with theologically that do not line up with God's Word. And the wind brought absolute confusion. People didn't know where to go. They did not see the fire, and they refused to, know, they, they, they refused to listen to the warnings of those who were calling out. And, and those of us that were yelling, it wasn't yelling because we're just mad. It was because without amplification. It was a difficult task. And we, we, were, we, we didn't have any electrical sound equipment. But we were yelling with everything inside of us. Everything inside, we were using all of our energy to, to, to expending it to make sure people knew what was going on. We'd be on the wood. We were making noise. But no one listened because they were very, very unconcerned. We were told to stop yelling. That meant they were, they were mocking they were mocking and disdaining what God was trying to say, trying to help them with. We were trying to say that was the heart's motivation of those on the tower. That was the watchman. But these people did not want to hear the warning. And they refused to acknowledge truth. And they only wanted to go their own way, even though there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is death. That's a proverb that applied to this passage. But these soldiers, these soldiers, as I already said, they were not soldiers. They were, they, they, they were leaders in the churches that did not acknowledge the evil days in which we live. They're the ones that ignore the end time events. They're, they're the ones that encourage sin. 
And the camouflage that they wore was cheap. They were blending into the world. They would not stop living it. They would not stop doing what they were doing. They would not stop and be holy and righteous. They would not do anything that was what God expected them to do. They were angry at the message, and they encouraged people of their own and violate God's word. They said, there is no fire. There are no consequences. You don't have to stop doing that. Don't listen to these people. In other words, they were saying, don't be holy. They were invalidating God's word. They were invalidating God's word. And they were attacking those that encouraged the straight and narrow road walkers. Why? Because they hate the truth. The truth is this, folks. Easy times are not coming. This easy gospel that people preach, you can just say a prayer and go to heaven and live however you want. That is not the gospel. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up a cross and follow me. This is not about living however you want. This is not about allowing culture to dictate what the Bible says. The Bible dictates what culture does or should in that sense. So we, our, our faith and our trust is in the word. And eventually some of these people, some of these people lose their own lives in the fire. Why? Because they hate those that speak the truth as well as as well they will do anything to silence those that speak the truth watchmen i'm talking to you all of us that are watching today you are watchmen and we've got a responsibility to share the gospel to talk to people and encourage them to live holy and righteous to turn away from the wicked things that are causing nothing but death in their lives they were also telling us to stop basically they were saying stop harassing these people that was an accusation of the enemy People who do not want to hear the truth will accuse you of harassing, harassing them. No, the truth is not harassment. The truth is what will set you free. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free, Paul said. And that's why this gospel has to go out. The truck drivers, in, in, in one of the, you know, even though they were trying to, uh, they were trying to knock down the towers. They were trying to take away the platform. They were trying. They were, this was the coming. They were coming against the church. They were coming against preachers, teachers, leaders. They were coming against people who were preaching and teaching Jesus. They, they were coming against the truth of the gospel being spread. And even one of those truck drivers, they said they were sorry after the truck got knocked over and they got out. They said they were sorry, but they did not repent. They still didn't listen to the people yelling down at them. Hey, don't go this way. Hey, don't go that way. They did not repent. They said they were, they were sorry. They were sorry for getting caught. They were sorry for being exposed. And the invisible fire. The coming judgment and the consequences for ungodly living was this. These people died. They were burned alive. Now we know that fire, that the hell, the, the, the fire of hell is an eternal fire. The Lord, the word makes that clear. But these people were running it. They weren't even concerned. They act like they didn't see it. Why? Because they've not heard of the word. They've not heard those messages preached. Or they were neglecting the word of God or officially ignoring what the word of God says to them. They were unaware of the consequences. Whether they had heard them or not, they were unaware of those consequences. And they were going to pay the ultimate price for it. The adults that were there, those adults knew better. Okay? And even the young ones were influenced by the old ones. If you remember, an older person pushed that young person down. The influence of the older folks that are not living for the Lord and encouraging the younger ones just to do whatever they want. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, that lifestyle will send you to hell. These adults knew better that they did not want to hear the truth from anybody, especially in this crowd. They will do their own thing, go their own way, and not pay a price for it. And the attacks on the towers, that was an attack on those preaching the truth and warning the church that they've got to start living right. The attack on the towers was the attempt to silence the messengers and kill the messengers, to cover up the truth, to hide it, to destroy it, to bury it, to knock it down, to come against it. 
The fire of the destruction, the hitting of the foundations was an attempt to destroy, to destroy the foundation of the church. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And there's fire in hell, as I recall, from the word of God. So this was a, this was a, a clear indication to me. The heavy equipment that they were using. They were, they were using anything they could, laws, leaders, elected officials, the White House, the courthouse, who knows what else. They were basically saying, we're going to come against this. And those leaders that, that were dressed in military, that were, conf, conf, uh, that were uh, conforming to the world around them, what they were doing was they were compromising the gospel. They were compromising the truth of God's word. And they were coming against the very thing that God's word tells us to do, which is be holy for he is holy. And they were not hiding that full frontal assault. There was no stealth involved. Nobody was doing anything hidden. They, they, the, 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 the top of the trucks were open. You could see the metal and the gasoline. They, they, they used the flare. They threw the flare and then they, they, and they, and they, they set it on fire. And then they read those engines and headed right towards the foundation of the church. In other words, they're not going to hide the assault. There's no stealth going to be involved in this, folks. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And those tower talkers. The tower talkers were united and unafraid and committed to preaching until the return of Jesus. Until he comes, they raised those fists in the air and said, until he comes, in other words, they were united and they weren't going to shut up. They weren't going to be silenced. They were not going to be bothered by the people who were telling them to shut up. They weren't going to listen. They were warning the people of the fire ahead, the hell that was coming. In spite of the attempts to be silent, they kept preaching. They kept teaching. They kept saying the thing that needed to be said. They were being obedient to God in spite of the attacks. They weren't going to back down. They weren't going to compromise. They were not going to water down the gospel. They were using all their energy and all their voices to warn the church to walk in a different way and walk in holiness. And they were hoarse in proclaiming the truth. And what I see with this is they had been doing this and doing this and doing this. They had warned and they had warned and they had warned and they had warned and they had warned. And people wouldn't listen, but they kept yelling. They kept screaming. They were trying to get attention to people. And they had been doing this for so long, their voices were hoarse and could hardly be heard. And at one point, they were whispering. One person was just whispering as loud as they could because they were so committed to getting the message out. More of them, there were more of them than I thought. There was no sense in my mind when I saw the others like, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord, there's other people out there. It was just the sense I was surrounded. All around me, there were towers, there were people yelling down at those that were lost. All of them were speaking because they were watchmen and there was a whole lot more watchmen and they were more active than I can tell you. And they were weary, they were tired, they were sweaty, they were covered in soot. They were The, the fires were burning around them, their towers were being attacked and they kept going. Why? Because they were committed to stay true to God regardless of persecution or even death. They would not fear the one who would kill the body, but fear, they feared the one who could cast the body and so on to hell. And they realized that the, the danger that was coming was imminent. That word is very important in, in the sense of what it was in the New Testament. Paul felt that the return of Christ was imminent. It was very soon. I believe, I, I'll tell you what, folks, I know Jesus is coming back soon. We watch the world around us. Something's happening. Something's going on. And God's trying to say, look, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And his return is imminent. Whether you believe in the rapture or not, the most important thing you can do right now is be ready for Jesus when he comes. This is not a theological debate. We know Jesus is coming back. And those of you that are watching the dreams and watching, watching this podcast today, you know my heart. You know where I'm coming from. God's trying to warn us to warn the church, to make sure that they're ready to go, that they're where they need to be with Jesus. 
because this there were confused people these were people who have either not heard the gospel or never listened or even had heard a false gospel that that, that god's gonna let you in you can just be a good old boy and still get in i have talked to people in the last couple weeks who really believe they're going to heaven because they go to church every once in a while where their grandma or their parents went to church people believe they're getting in because their grandparents are there and you explain the gospel well i never heard that these people don't know. These are also the confused people. They were not settled in their theology. They do not. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. These people had no idea what they believed. These people had no understanding of what they were supposed to believe. These people had no understanding of the gospel. They were not saved. Or if they thought they were saved, they were not because they walked in the fire. They refused to listen to God's word. They refused to listen to the warnings to repent and be holy. Some of them would turn and run, trying to run and repent, but only from punishment and not from the sin. You got a lot of folks that just want to get saved as hell insurance and live how they want. You cannot do that. You can't. God will not. There's not going to be religious people in heaven. There's going to be people who are saved, bought by the blood of Jesus. Those are the ones that will be there. Examine your life. Examine your heart. Look at the things that are happening in your life, your thoughts, your mind, your attitude. Look at your characteristics. Look at your behavior. And question whether those things line up with what God's Word tells you to line up with. And the last thing I want to focus on is the sky. The Bible says there will be signs and wonders in the heavens. And God speaking in this sense declares that those things are true. He was declaring the truth. They were declaring the truth. And that brutal silence was so the tower walkers can hear precisely what was being said. In other words, those tower walkers had to, okay, God, what are you saying? I got to hear this clearly so I can speak it. I can preach it. I can teach it. I can deliver it. I can, I can declare it. I can proclaim it. That brutal silence was, was so those people could hear what they needed to say. And that means time in the secret place, time in the presence of God, time in the word, time in the word. The purity of that cloud represents the power and the truth of the warning to get right. God is speaking right now. He's telling the church, wake up. Stop playing games. Stop pretending that you're saved. Stop acting like you're saved when you're not. Sundays should be the way that we live. Every other day of the week, Monday should be lived the same way we live on Sunday. The consistency in our walk with God is the most important thing that we have to have and walk in. So we keep warning the church. Every time that the man said that, it was keep warning the church. Keep warning the church. Keep warning the church. It was not a yell or a scream. It was louder. It was firm. And it was speaking to those people who were the watchmen from the towers, telling them to continue to warn the church about what's coming, the challenges, the difficulties, but also that they're not where they need to be with the Lord. This was a message in the middle of chaos and encouragement to encourage and to continue warning people. Don't back down, pastor, from the gospel. Don't back down, watchman, from the gospel. Don't stop. Don't start compromising anything you're saying, anything you're doing, anything you're sharing. Do not compromise those things because the world out there needs to hear a straight, solid, uncompromised, unparalleled gospel. It's intending on us to do it. And there was more intensity. After this happened, the yelling got louder. The, 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 the looking down at people got louder and more focused because they realized God had just spoken to them and said, the time is near. The reason the warning was there to keep warning the truth because he's coming back. And he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Time is short and we know that time is very short. It's getting shorter and shorter all the time, every day that we live. But the most important thing that we realize is this, God is our hope and our light 
in the midst of the darkness. And even though things are getting more and more difficult, things are getting more and more confusing, things are getting more and more challenging, the Bible makes it clear, I will never leave you or forsake you. And for those of you who have family members and friends, husbands, wives, kids, daughters, sons, grandsons, granddaughters, aunts, uncles, cousins, family, people that you work with that are lost, do not stop warning them. Do not stop warning the people that you know that are living wrong lives, living, living unholy lives. They're violating God's word by how they live. Do not be afraid to warn them. Warn them, warn them, warn them, warn them. So make sure, make sure, make sure that today you're where you need to be with the Lord. Make sure, make sure, make sure today that you're warning and you're warning and you're warning and you're warning the people around you, people that you know in the church world, people that are lost. I believe this was specifically for the church to say, wake up, wake up, wake up. And the shaking of that towers, I believe, is also part of the judgment that's coming into church. Because Peter said, judgment will begin in the house of God. And what's not stable, what's not solid, what's not built on the rock will be swept away. Remember when Jesus said the two parables, the parable of the, of the two foundations, house built on sand got blown away. The house built on the rock still had the storms. Last night, about 11 o'clock, a storm went through our community. And after I heard the thunder, I knew it was confirmation of both the dream God had given me as a warning and that I was supposed to do it this morning because there was this flash of lightning that my son saw at his apartment and then it shook. The thunder lashes so hard, it shook our house. We had stuff move on shelves. I had stuff move on the dresser. It shook our entire house. And all I know, that judgment's here. That judgment's here. We're starting to see things come out in Washington about the, the laptops. We're starting to see things come out about people in power. Folks, we've been praying for years about corruption to be exposed, and those things are starting. I don't care who gets back in the White House. At this point, my focus isn't on who the next president is or if a former president's come back. My focus is we've got to reach the lost who are unsaved. We've got to reach the people in the church who are playing games with God and don't even realize it. We've got to be all in. We gotta be all in. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Any comments or suggestions you may have, you can send to the Watchman on the Wall 2020 at gmail.com. We encourage you to subscribe so you'll always be notified of our future episodes. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.